Okay, Rabbitohs members and Rabbitohs supporters, it's time to get on your feet. Wave your flag, show the colours, stamp your feet, scream your lungs out. Here they come, your South Sydney Rabbitohs. <laughs> Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to what if it? What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs, Dan Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we all? Oh, fantastic. Waking up after a big win on a Sunday morning, a wet Sunday morning. Atrocious conditions. We'll get to that later, but uh, they went well, boys. Oh, how good was it? Yeah, it was nice and dry up in the Henry Morris Bar at the Juniors where we watched it. It was a great night. Successful night. It was a bit of a battle. We dropped a bit of ball, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, definitely. Just before we get on to what's on the show, chaps, I just want to mention that Mavo has written an article on our website, rabbitosradio.com.au. It's all about how to grow the Rabbitohs Radio podcast and the network. The article is called Things You Need to Know to Help Our Bunnies Podcast Grow. That's a great slogan, Mavo, and you've done a great job there. And it's all about subscribing, rating and reviewing, uh, leaving comments, Positive or negative, we're open to all discussions, and it's, you know we we just uh, want to get our podcast out there to the Rabbitohs community, to the masses. We want to grow our podcast. We want more listeners, and so if you're already subscribing or you've already rated or reviewed, but there's other ways you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We'd like to have more subscribers there. You can retweet our stuff. You can share stuff on Instagram via the repost app share stuff on our story. So there's a number of ways, LinkedIn. We've got a presence at a lot of these places and the more people out there that help us in those areas, the better. The podcast will thrive. Then the best one for me is just grabbing a South fan's phone, get it out and um, show them how to subscribe. Simple as that. You did that last night, chaps. I did it a few times to a few different people down there at the Henry Morris Bar, the Legends Bar. Now, just a quick side note, because of the wet weather, inclement weather, the Rabbitohs have actually offered us their studio. So we're in the Rabbitohs headquarters. Isn't that great, boys? Yeah, look, it's a proper recording studio. It's teeming outside and you can't hear any rain on the tin roof. Yeah, well, ours is a proper recording studio as well. It's just a dry weather proper recording studio that doesn't go well in the wet. But now we've got this studio up here as a plan B on the rare occasions we'll need it. And yeah, it's nice up here. Anyway, what's on the show, chaps? Okay, we're going to recap that big win over Manly last night. There was so many ebbs and flows, and you know the weather was absolutely atrocious. 
And we've got South City Media Manager, Jeremy Monahan, also host of the Top 4 Podcast on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Remembering a Rabbitoh this week is the Huntsman, Paul McNicholas, previewing that big clash against the evil empire, the people we hate, boys. The eastern suburbs, Sydney City, Bondi Junction Roosters. You won't be looking forward to this game, Oh, no, you? I'm going to have a, a cup of tea and have a lie down. I'm not even going to watch it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, firstly, Latrell mentioned after the game that his thoughts are with everyone affected by the floods up on the far north coast or the mid-north coast. And people have lost their homes, so it's devastating. And he's dedicated his win to everyone up there in Taree. So, yeah, our thoughts are with those people up there. It's been a massive weather event. So please try and stay safe and dry. And it's still more to come, I think. I was speaking to young Chatty Scott. Uh, their family's got a farm up there on the north coast and his dad, Les, is stuck on the farm. He can't get out because all the rivers have overflowed and, you know, there's floods everywhere and, you know, it's... He's near Scott's Head, I think, just, just not far from Scott's Head. Yeah, there's a... As much as you want the rain, the farmers, sometimes you can get too much. Les Scott is near Scott's Head. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad Scott. How ironic. Yes. Okay, so now we have 19 global ambassadors. We've just added Paul Wicks from the Philippines, William Zeddy Biney from Ghana, and Matthew Green in PNG, which gives us someone on every continent except for Antarctica. So each week we're going to mention a little bit about one of our ambassadors, and this week our man Brendan was at the Juniors Kingsford last night. Yeah, Brendan Taliski drove all the way down from Forrester's Beach on the Central Coast in Horrific conditions. Oh, Came horrendous. All, all the way down there to have a, a couple of light beers, I think, because he was driving. He didn't have too much to drink. But um, he was great. He was he was in my ear all night. And we had some funny calls. And it, it, it was just great to see him. How passionate is he about the bunnies? It's just, that's what we want from our global ambassadors. Passionate, just loves his footy, loved his feed. He loved the feed from the Sundeck Brasserie. It was good food. I, yeah, I, it was I, great. What did he have? He surf had, and yeah, surf. Surf and surf. was half a lobster. The big lobby? Mm. That was the only time he shut up all night, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first time I've met Brendan, and it's unbelievable. It was like I already knew him, and I didn't even realise I hadn't met him because we've been chatting and talking on social media, but, yeah, he's a fantastic bloke. And what did he say when he got home, chaps? Well, he's come home, because obviously it's a fair, probably two-hour drive up there in that in those um, horrible conditions. He's got home, and, and as soon as he's walked in the door, the missus has yelled out, Oi, referee. I said, what's this all about? And she said, you've missed a few calls here. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he must have given her the wide berth all night. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, I tell you what, he wouldn't have had a chance to answer any calls when he stand next to me. Yeah. We were yeah. into each other all night. It was yeah. hilarious. No, he was very fond of you, chaps. He liked your mullet. Yeah. Our man, Brendan, our global ambassador from the Central Coast. Beautiful Foresters Beach up there. And he said to us, any time you're up there, you're welcome out the back. There's always a fridge full of beer and we'll have a beer and watch the footy. Yeah, well, he had a great night with the Rabbitohs Radio boys, and uh, he was singing the song, Throw the Empties Away, <laughs> Start Again. and Start Again. Yeah. All the boys of South Sydney are together. together. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a win, boys. Yeah, what a win. It was a great, it was a great, great night. Also, quickly, I'll mention that I shared the story I wrote on Jeff Dufray, our global ambassador from France, with Blake Solly, because he mentioned him in the story, and Blake replied to me that, yes, Jeff is a legend, and his brother... Christoph is a wonderful bloke. You're getting like Ella. So we're going to mention one, but you've mentioned two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> On the top four podcasts. In some sad news, Michael Cheney passed away through the week. And members of the borough will know Michael, little guy, at every South game, always at training. 
And Michael was the father of Paul and Michelle and the husband of Nola. And he passed away suddenly during the week, like I said. Michael was a well-known and loved member of the Rabbitohs community and will be sadly missed. Now, I'm very close to his son, Bopper, who was a champion bloke just like his dad. And also Michelle and mum, Nola, are just both the loveliest ladies you'll ever meet. The Chinis are an amazing close family, so I'm gutted for them. Now, Michael loved the bunnies. He always talked about how he went to the 1971 grand final and he always wished that the family could have experienced it like he did in 71. So Michelle said it was so good that we all did experience that in 2014. And Michael's Rabbitohs member number is 259. Now, Michael loves sitting in the burrow, but he used to call it the barrow in his broken English. <laughs> and they loved him in the barrow. He was like a dad to all of them. And when we won the comp in 2014, Michelle said, I'll never forget him driving his green car with his bunnies number plates up and down Anzac Parade outside South Juniors before they closed the road and the players arrived. He, mum and the grandkids, Jack and Chloe, were with him. He was tooting the horn and everyone was clapping and cheering them. I was watching them and that smile on his face was priceless. It's one of my greatest memories. He also loved Clarkie, Jason Clark. Now, Jace would always say hello when he saw them. And as you know, for more than 10 years, they've gone to watch the boys train. So Dad knew Eddie Farrer, the Burgess boys, and recently Liam Knight, Braden Burns, and Renault always never missed out to say hello and have a chat. But Cookie especially was good to Dad. He would see them at Ruby Nick's Cafe at Miranda and always stop and say hi. And then Michelle said, He loves seeing you, Steve. I know his face lit up when he saw you, and now I get emotional saying that because I actually saw him down at Botany a couple of weeks ago just before the Charity Shield. We had a chat, and he said, Yes, I'm going to Mudgee, and he's just a smile on his face now when he was going down to Mudgee to watch mm. the bunnies, and I was going to be there. So, yeah, it's, uh, he touched so many people, Michael, and Michelle said, I hope he knows that. So, Michael and all the Cheney family would also attend the famous pasta night every Wednesday in Matraville. This tradition of family and friends has continued for over 50 years. And occasionally you'd see the Burgess family there or Tigers players like Robbie Farrah. And where was that held at, Mother? Yeah, at Michael's sister Pina's house, just on Bunurong Road at Matraville there. And all the locals know about this night, Japs. Yeah, George Ritchie, one of the boys from work, who's a, a Mad South fan, he used to attend it and come work and talk about, oh, I met the Burgess brothers, aren't they great blokes? And Robbie Farrah used to attend on a regular basis when it, when it suited his schedule with the football and stuff. So, yep. yeah. And I got an invite to that and everyone in the community was welcome to that night and it's just a fan. That's, that sums up what the Cheney's family's yeah, like. Yeah, that's and, fantastic. Yeah, and we've shared an image of Michael in the crowd with his family after the famous 60-8 to 8 victory last year at ANZ Stadium and the smile on his face says it all. So if you want to scroll down now to our episode webpage, you'll see a photo of Michael and the family there. Michael Cheney is proof that all Rabbitohs legends didn't actually play with the team. That is 100% right. It's a family. Mike's funeral is Friday the 26th of March at 10am at St. Therese Church mascot. Then to the Juniors Kingsford in the Legends Lounge, Henry Morris Bar. Rest in peace, Michael Cheney. And they'll get a win for him on Friday night after they lay him to rest. Yep, so that's the plan. They're going to, after the wake, all the family's going to come up to the game. So if you see any of the Cheneys there, especially Michelle or Bopper, my my mate, I love all the whole family, but I'm just very close to Paul. He's, he's just got that infectious personality. He lights up a room when he goes in there, and, and he definitely got that from his dad. And condolences to all the Cheney family from everyone here at Rabbit Hose Radio Podcast. Righto, boys. We might recap that atrocious conditions win last night. It was, it was, it was like a flood over there at Brookvale. It doesn't handle the water 
as good as some of the other grounds, but we've knocked them off 26 points to 12 in uh, a game that sort of had all sorts of things. Yeah. A couple of blokes can cuss, I think one from Manly, a couple from our side, Latrell in the bin for 10, which I thought was a pretty tough call. But I felt like we're on top the whole game, even though it kind of got tight at times, but we just always had that little little edge and that little advantage. Um, I, thought, I really thought we dominated that middle third of the field, boys. Like you said, chaps, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a typical wet weather game, wasn't it? Uh, played through the middle, a, l- a lot of forward plays. Um, we only had a couple opportunities to go down the edges, and when we did, we ended up scoring tries. But a lot of our tries were scored through the middle, scored off a couple of kicks. I thought Reno, before he went off, was instrumental. His kicking game was unbelievable. He had a couple little runs as well, took the line on. A couple of insurging runs, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and scored a try. Damien Cook, I thought, was really good and... Uh, like you said, a, a lot of the forwards. What about the GOAT, Mark Nichols? Yeah, 142 metres off the bench, 40 tackles. What a workhorse off the bench. Yep. Unsung hero. Even backed up uh, Benji for that sort of crucial moment in the game, which really broke the game wide open. Yeah, and we've spoken about it before. I think when we had him on the show, about his footwork at the line, chaps. And he did that at one stage, and that's when the Manly player, or the Anyway, the guy that he, he did a bit of footwork at the line, the guy had his Cade head... Cade was it? Might have been. He had his head in the right position, but as soon as the GOAT did the footwork at the line, he had his head in the wrong position, knocked him out cold, and he didn't return. Yeah, it was Cade Cust. Mm. He was knocked yeah. out and never yeah, returned. Yeah, so... Um, you know what was pleasing, boys? Uh, our ball control in the first half. It, it fell away a little bit in the second half, but there was only three errors made in the first half, which put us in a position to be able to lead 14-6 at the break. I mean, Manly from my point of view were never in the game they did get close to us but I couldn't see them running away with it well, uh, I thought Sherry Evans kicking game was questionable and foreign at times they just I don't know they just they had opportunities to sort of drive the screws in at times when we were down that 10 man and they just they couldn't capitalise on it probably that Paseka off the bench was impressive for them I think he's someone that you can yeah. sort of build your team around a little bit you great, remind, great offload to, to power he reminds me of a Brent Kite style a big guy that just sort of I, I think he might, they might have to start that bloke but anyway stuff yeah. manly yeah. but um, boys how did you see that um, pretty controversial incident where uh, Cherry Evans kicked it through Latrell did probably check him a bit um, but I don't think he was going to score we had a three or four blokes pouring down yeah look he was, definitely wasn't going to score Campbell Graham had the ball covered without a doubt but the rules there, uh, you can't interfere with a player. You can't even touch them. It's like horse racing. If you disobey the rule, you, you're going to get suspended, aren't you? And unfortunately, Latrell, he, he laid a little hand on him. It might have only been a little pinky, but it is what it is. That's, That's right. a rule, and it he is. ended up 10 minutes in the bin. And um, in saying that, I, you know, how good was Latrell as well? Oh, oh it's like yes. a forward, isn't he? What about his hands? Hands in the wet. Oh, unbelievable. It was like the Cronin tap on there. He hardly touched it and just got it out to yeah. AJ down the sideline. Well, them two tries that we scored down our edges, both to AJ. Uh, Latrell was a try assist with with the part. One was just a little tap on. He didn't even catch it. Mm. And the second one at the end there was a catch and pass in the wet, like you said, Maver. Outstanding. But the part from that was we talked about the work he did. He's taking hit-ups. He's bending the line. He's getting involved. He's getting his metres up. And he looks keen as, and he kicked the goal there. How good was that goal that it was just faded back in, and you could see he enjoyed it. A little mm. outswinger that sort of faded back in. It was pretty. What, well, Mavo's goal? I actually looked away. I, thought, <laughs> I looked away. I thought he missed it. Yeah. Because mm. it sort of went right, fair way to the right, and then would come back to the left. Well, his kick at the end did the same, and that's why it missed. It was going, 
and then it feared away to the left again. But yep. unfortunately, he's uh, got such a big boot on. He him. missed that one. But like yeah. you said, Mavo, his his work rate was unbelievable. When we needed somebody to stand up and get us out of trouble, Latrell was there, and he's had a few criticisms of late. People saying he's not fit, but. Jeez, did they watch that game last night? Mm. Where are all the knockers now? He's not a fullback. We said on the show early last year, just give him a year to, mm-hmm. to get used to how we play, get himself fit. He's still not 100% fit either. Wait, wait, wait till the middle of the season. He will be firing. Mate, I've still got it in my head what he told me at that Rabbitohs function, that yes. he will bring us the premiership in 2021. Also, right. Cookie had a great game. What about the chase on Saab? When oh. young Saab was away, he's not entitled to run a winger down in full flight like that. A young kid in the prime of his career. Huge moment in the game. Was it turning point? It really was. Well, Roger Fabry indicated to me that Jason Saab is the quickest player in the game. What? And well, Cookie, now, well, now he's just sec- run him down. He's the second quickest. Well, they both train under Roger. Mm-hmm. Damien mm-hmm. Cook. That's correct, yeah. And Jason Saab. And Roger indicated that Saab was quicker than Fox. I thought the Fox was probably the quickest in the game. You know what it might be? Sabi might be a, a dry tracker, whereas Cookie, he's, a, he's one on the wet. He's a mudlark. He's a mudlark. He's, oh, he's, he's a mudlark. Oh, where did he, he get that from? The, I don't want to say it. Everyone oh, says it, but the boot sprinting. The boot sprinting. Anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. Uh, Sabi's better on top of the ground. So when you look at the form, he's got M next to his he's name. He's <laughs> And just want to give, uh, we talked about workhorses there, and uh, I mean, Cam Murray from Mark, how many tackles did he do? 46 tackles, 30 in the first half, played the full 80. 151 metres on the ground. He made a few errors, but only from trying because he was just exhausted. We had mm. to put him in the centres there at times when there was a little shuffle on, obviously because of um, Jackson Paulo leaving the field. Mm. The weather plays a part in them errors, and you don't notice it on TV. It was absolutely teeming down over there. Yeah. You well, know, so you can, you can understand a couple little errors in the game, and yeah. they're very uncharacteristic from Cameron Murray. Well, we were sitting with James White from Burke Street Bakery, and thank you to James for providing us with some beautiful muffins and some coffees this morning. On your whitey. But he may mention that the way the game shot in HD, you're looking at the screen like it's a, a clear night and all this fast footy, but it was, like you said, Brandy, it was pouring down rain, so we can forgive young Cam for those. What he brought to the game, he was oh. perhaps the best player in the field, if not the best player in the field. I think he, I think he was my man of the match, to be honest, boys. Just uh, After that first half, he did just set up the win. He hey. just he just mixes up his game. He just does everything. He ball plays. He mm. has hit-ups. He tackles. Mm. 80 He's unbelievable. Minutes, 80 minutes, and it's all quality. And, so, and, yeah. and a couple of the areas from Manly were shots from him. The smallest, One of the smallest forwards in the NRL. Yeah. He hits him just right in the right spot, and they coughed yep. it up a few times. Well, mate. He, he ragdolled that guy early in the game. I forgot his name again. I probably should have done better research, but we've done a quick turnaround <laughs> from the game. But he ragdolled him into the ground. He'd done his knee, didn't come back, did he? So, yeah, that's right. Davey. Yes. Andrew Davey. Yes, he did. So we've just got two little quick things before we wrap this one up. Um, I'll ask you. First, congratulations to Adam Reynolds, equaling um, Tugger's most capped Game by halfback, 208 games by Tugger and Adam Reynolds. So congrats, congratulations yeah, congrats. to him. And it's only ironic that they're both halfbacks and Tugger actually coached Renault in the S3 ball. Yeah, correct. Two of my favourite halfbacks ever for South Sydney Rabbitohs, mate. And just last one, I'll get your thoughts on Sewer right at the end of the game. One second left on the clock. Um, four and starts a fight with uh, our own Dane Gago, who had another big game. We haven't mentioned him. But um, then there was a bit of a melee. Oh, I couldn't see a punch. Could you, boys? I didn't see there was much in it. It was a bit of a silly thing to happen in the last minute. The boys should have just been dropping off. But another thing we didn't mention, what about the great Benji Marshall coming on for Renault? 
That deserves a mention, oh, boys, surely. Oh, big well, turning point in the game. I mean, not a turning point, but he, he just held his own there and, and, and played a real crucial role. You know, when Renault's were gone off in the past, we spoke to Jeremy about this, but, um, you know, we, we sort of, I think it was 2012 prelim semi-final against the Dogs when he'd done his hammy kicking into the in goal there and we didn't have a plan B. Mm. We are in front, I think we were up 14-6 or 14 blot at that stage and uh, and we didn't have a plan B. Now we do. Mm. You just said he played his role, chaps, and uh, the role he played last night was completely different to the role that he played against Melbourne. So his versatility, and we've spoken about it on the show before, that's why we've got him at the club. You know, for our skipper to go down and then for us to bring a player on that's got 300-game experience is why we're going to go a long way towards winning this premiership. We might chuff off to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got the hosts of the top four podcast, Rabbitohs media manager, ground announcer, and more importantly, a Rabbitohs fan, Jeremy Monaghan. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, man. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Uh, so I grew up in the St. George district. I grew up in uh, a suburb called South Hurstville and lived there till I was about... 16, I think, about 16. Then we moved to Menai down in the Cronulla Territory, Sutherland Territory. Um, and then I left there and went to Bathurst for uni. So I spent a fair bit of time, too much time out in Bathurst. Mm. Takes you three years to get a degree. I was out there for seven years. So it <laughs> <laughs> took me a little while to get out of there. But, um, Takes some you of the that be- long to warm up. Well, that's it. Yeah, it was some of the best <laughs> times of my life out there and wouldn't change anything uh, with what we did out there. But um, yeah, grew up in the St. George district and Great place to grow up, but geez, it was hard growing up as a South fan in St George District, I can tell you. That yeah. It was constantly kids at school and everyone telling you, what do you go for them for? They're hopeless. Come go for the Dragons. I was just saying, no way. Just on your schooling, no what, what school did you go at? There, I, w- I actually went to Hurstville Boys. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I was at uh, Connells Point Public School for for my primary school. Then I went to Sydney Tech, just down the road from Hurstville Boys. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, in Bexley. So yeah. that's where I was for high school. So. Yeah. Now, how yeah. did a boy from Hurstville... End up going for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, mate? So, very much my family. So, I really didn't have any other option with my family. But to be completely transparent, I used to have a soft spot for the Bulldogs when I was growing up because they were winning everything. But the only time I ever got to see the Bulldogs play was when they were playing South because mum would take me to <laughs> every South game and it was just all about the Rabbitohs. But uh, my grandmother's uncles, the Huckers, they played in some of the early South Sydney teams back in 1908 to about 1915, I think it was. It's interesting, on one of the walls in here, there's a big picture, frame picture of the 1912 City Cup winning team and, and one of the, the Huckers is in, is in that picture. So if ever I've got a meeting in that room, always point it out to someone. But yeah, um, yeah and my 
my grandfather also went for, for South Sydney. He was from Casino up on the north coast, and he was also a South Sydney fan. So it all came together and just came through the generation. So. It's in the blood, mate. Yeah, absolutely. What, absolutely. what about growing up, mate? Did you play footy as a kid? Didn't play a lot of footy, so I played um, a little bit at school, but... Um, there were three things that really held me back in my footy career, and it was talent, fear, and fitness. <laughs> <laughs> that were the three things that held me back. I was uh, TFF, so yeah, that's it. So um, yeah, didn't I played a little bit at school, but that that was about it. I, I played rugby union when I went to to uni, basically because that's what everyone did, and that's how you made mates and being part of the team sport there. But played a little bit of cricket as a kid, some tennis, that sort of stuff. But yeah, not a lot of footy. So so you mentioned you went to uni, so. What did you study there? And then that flows on to how did you end up at the Rabbitohs? Yeah, so at uni, I originally went up there on a Bachelor of Communications um, degree. Not surprising. Yeah, yeah, uh, majoring in broadcast journalism. My my goal was to become a rugby league commentator. That was my goal on, on radio. That's, is, it st- is it still that? or? Uh, I guess it is, but um, I've found my place at, at the Rabbitohs. Like, I'm, like my work life is... Where, where I want it to be and it'd have to be a pretty big deal for me to, to leave here um, so it'd have to be taking Hadley's place at 2GB or something like that Dang and ain't spotted Triple M well, it's sort but, of a dream um, job isn't it if you're a South, lifelong South fan you've got this a degree in broadcasting mm. and then you've come to the Rabbitohs and you're doing the job you love yeah well, that's it that's it and it's amazing how it all sort of folded out for me so I, I didn't end up finishing the broadcast journalism degree and I completed a, a Bachelor of Business majoring in marketing. Um, so I had to sort of come around the back door to get in. And, and even more so at the start of 2002, I finished in 2001 at uni. The end of 2000, uh, start of 2002, um, we contacted the Rabbitohs because we were back in the comp and we think they'd probably run off their feet and just volunteered my time to come in and help. And so for about a month at the start of 2002, I was just working in the, the merchandise store. And I just remember my days were filled with packing George Piggins books into <laughs> into post packs mm. and sending them out because they sold so many. And also, this was a highlight of, of my South career, was driving the Rabbitohs van full of merchandise backwards and forwards from the Easter show. Because we had a stall out there selling stuff at the Easter show and show bags that we'd made up. And I was just constantly driving backwards and forwards up Parramatta Road and tooting the horn at everyone going, go the Rabbitohs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like I'm, like the, <laughs> like it was just the dream, you know. So, so we're going to feature the Huntsman on the show. And he's followed a similar path to you where you go right back to that famous game when we got reinstated. Mm. This is when you started at the Rabbitohs. Yeah. And the progression from then till now... Mm. Yeah. The story of the rise to of the battlers to the powerhouse in the NRL. It's been amazing and not only amazing to be a part of, but amazing to watch how the club has changed over over so so many years and just the way we do things and the way we operate as a business and back then we we barely had any full time employees. People were doing two and three jobs each and I look at some of the other clubs that, that are probably struggling a bit now and think that was us. 20 years ago now mm. but where we are it was interesting that the transition of the club so we went from having barely anyone doing two to three jobs and then when Russell and, and Peter Holmes of court took over it exploded we went from something like 14 staff to 44 staff in a, in a wow. couple of months it was just bang they just invested so much into the place got it going but then they realised that that wasn't sustainable 
for the size of the business and where we were. So then it it came back, and I think it came back to something like twenty five staff. And since then, you guys have seen the the crew that we've got here. It's it slowly expands. I remember Shane Richardson saying, "The way you you build your departments." You work hard until you get to the breaking point, then you add staff. Mm. And we probably got to a point where we went massive too early and had to cut people back, which affected a lot of people's lives. But um, it was just the evolution of the club at the time, and I think we run a pretty good ship now. So, yeah, it's you got good. And you've got three more employees now sitting here with you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are some of your favourite moments over that time, Jess? Mate, it's, um, I've got to say... March 19, 2006, which was what? The anniversary two days ago, mm. which was the vote out at ANZ Stadium. That that was an absolutely amazing day because it had been such a roller coaster in the in the lead up to it, all, all the different people that were having their opinions, the way it was being played out in the media for my role as media manager. It was it was quite a roller coaster and amongst all that we were trying to prepare for a new football season which is hard enough on the players as it is, but there was so much uncertainty around the club and to have it all tied up in a bow that day and to be able to see the, the direction forward that we were going from from there was was pretty phenomenal. The trip to Jacksonville in 2008, oh, yeah. that, that was amazing. So we had, outside of the football department, there was two Rabbitohs full-time employees, me and um, a guy you guys might remember, a guy called Brandon Punter. Oh, yeah, Brandon, Used to yeah. be, so Brandon was over there. And then we had a guy on the ground, Spinner Howland. He was an Aussie guy that was in um, living in Jacksonville. He was a part owner of the Jacksonville Axemen, and he was gung-ho about putting this game on. And it was basically the three of us that put on that, that whole event outside of Russell and Peter's involvement. So Russell was obviously a massive draw card, but in, in terms of logistics and actually putting it all together we were the three that were putting it together and I remember they, they said to me <laughs> the year before look as a reward for your hard work we want to send you to Jacksonville not knowing it would be the hardest two weeks of work <laughs> I would ever face I remember the, the night before the game I had 45 minutes sleep oh. the night before the game and but the rewards out of that were amazing I got to call the game for 1010XL radio over there uh, we had Russell come into the box I was calling it with a former Jacksonville Jaguars player who used to go down to the Jacksonville Axman games and he had a bit of an understanding and but I got to call the game with him and Russell came in and it was just an amazing experience wow. to have two weeks nice. over there a dream come true oh, because you got was, to mate. call the game yeah well. absolutely yeah. yeah I think 2KY actually ripped some of it off and played it on their Sunday morning okay. um, Sunday morning big sports breakfast show yeah. um, the trip for the World Club Challenge was was very special that was that was amazing to be over there and just see the effect that our football team had over there mm. because it was a complete contrast to Jacksonville. I remember in Jacksonville, the first event we went to was like a big gala night and we're all walking around with our polo shirts on with the rabbit on the chest and people were coming up going, who are you guys? Are you guys from an airline or mm. something? Like They had no <laughs> idea what the rabbit yeah. meant. Yeah. Whereas over there, yeah. the rabbitos were just synonymous with mm. rugby league. It was mm. It was amazing and... The reaction of the crowd that game, I remember standing in the tunnel before the boys ran out and the singing was like nothing I'd ever heard before. It was mm. the stuff you see on the TV with the English Premier League and I thought, I wonder how the boys will react to this because we don't get a lot of that back home and 
we've run out and after 15 minutes we were up 24 nil or something yeah. and you yeah. could hear a pin drop in the place it mm. was just it incredible just took, performance wasn't yeah. it oh um, mate were it the just boys took, aware of the record that the roosters held i don't think so yeah 38 nil we were 39 we no. i don't kick that field goal. Yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think so but you never know atrocious like, conditions wasn't it a bit like yesterday yeah it was wet it was wet but geez it was good and <laughs> the end of the game this is like, it's a funny story we had these big jackets on because it was so cold and I had a little um, like a Wi-Fi box in my pocket so that I could Instagram photos out and send stuff back to the guys in Sydney to little videos to put up and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, GI was going around the fence and gave away every bit of his kit. Every bit. He was walking around in close to zero degree temperatures in his undies. Uh-huh. I said, I can't have this. He's got to play in 10 days' time <laughs> in round one. So I went and gave him my jacket. I completely uh-huh. forgot about my Wi Fi. And I'm there taking photos. I'm like, why can't I send these out? And I realised Greg was 90 metres up the other end of the field <laughs> while well, I'm taking photos down here. And I had to go up to him and try and get it off him. But. Like the reaction to guys like GI and, and these superstars, George Burgess had an absolutely barnstorming game in that game, and that was amazing. And of course, the 2014 Premiership—that's something that'll live with me forever. And it's fun. on on the Top Four podcast the other day. We were talking about the effects of stadiums and um, how some people just see them as buildings, and you've seen that with a lot of the discussion about the redevelopments of of ANZ Stadium and all that sort of stuff over the past few months, but. The emotions that are evoked in those in those buildings are what mm. makes them so special. And a lot of people say to me, "Oh, Stadium Australia, it's no good. It's too big. It's you're too far away from the field." And I just walk in there and get chills every time I walk in. Mm. So I think this is where my dream was fulfilled that night. Mm, like yeah. these blokes helped deliver my dream yeah. as a kid to win a premiership. Mate, we're all there uh, on the night and, yeah. and the emotion, like you just said. But underneath it. The dressing room, what was the emotion like in, in that dressing room when everyone was there just on their own? Yeah, so it, it was quite interesting. So before the game, it was really quiet. I wasn't in the actual sheds, but I was outside the sheds. And you're used to a bit of activity, some broadcasters running around and different mm. ball boys coming up and down and all this sort of stuff. But it was just 100% focused for that game, and it was so quiet. And I... I knew my role with the media, but I didn't have any other role with social media or anything that night. And I thought, I'm just going to try and capture some stuff here that no one else will get. So the way our sheds work at Ains is saying, we've got our own sheds, which are right down in the southwest corner. So the boys have got to walk basically 50 metres up to the halfway tunnel, turn right, and then walk down the main tunnel. So I stood at that junction where they come out and the broadcasters were there and Sutto's leading the boys down. I can see him walking down that first tunnel and they stopped him. And he was just there and he just turned around to the boys. He said, we ready, boys? Mm. And they, you just see it on their face. And as mm. I'm just filming the whole thing. And as they walked around the corner, they all followed out. I just followed them down with my phone. My hair's and just, standing up there. I just followed them down. All the red and green lights were in the tunnel and, all, and they ran out. And as you got down towards the end of the tunnel, you just heard the bell ringing with Bob McCarthy and out they went. And so I thought, here we go. This is on now. And then I thought, where am I going to sit? Because I, I, I thought I might have a seat in the press box, but I wasn't sure because there's so m- many media outlets there and the overflow media areas are, are taken up. And I thought, I'm going to sit in the players' enclosure. Mm. So there was a seat, the very first seat in the front row on the left-hand side in the players' enclosure was empty, so I just went and jumped in there. 
So I was sitting front row. I had all the, the players that weren't playing sitting around me, everyone around in that players' enclosure. I'll just get little snippets of the boys on the bench jumping up and down and and I thought, could this get any better? Like, <laughs> how, did, how did I wow. get this seat? So how did I get this seat? Yeah. And at the end of the game, when we scored those last few tries and when Greg went in and we, we knew we had it, everyone was just jumping up and down. There was no one left in the player enclosure. Everyone yeah. was on the sidelines. <laughs> everyone was hugging each other. The water bottles going everywhere. It was just, it was amazing. And after the game, when we eventually got back into the sheds, because it, it takes so long after they've mm. done all the presentations on the field and... Um, the lap of, of honour. Yeah, well that that was a big moment for me too. So we were there helping Cole Wheel and the that you guys know very well that the NRL's photographer set up the team photo and he was telling me who who's got to be in the first one, who comes into the second one. And then I get this tap on the shoulder and it was Yvonne Sampson, who was at nine at the time, but now with Fox. And she says, After this you grab Sam, I've already got John Sattler over here. And I just like oh, I just got the chill then. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I just wow. got a chill and I just went, This is what this game means. Like this is mm, yeah. what his performance means. Yes. And like everyone knows the stories of Sats. So I grew up on the stories of Sats and now kids mm. in the future are gonna grow up on the story of Sam and, and I me and my partner hadn't had my daughter then, but um I just think now, like my daughter loves Sam and she loves Greg, even though they're not playing anymore, loves Sutto, but because these are the stories she's growing up on the same way I grew up on the stories of Sats and McCarthy and Coote and Definitely. all that sort of stuff. So that, that was pretty amazing. Back in the sheds, it was chaos. There was just people everywhere. There was drinks getting thrown everywhere. Everyone was on. Everyone wanted a piece of the trophy to get a photo with the trophy. And uh, one of the key moments that night, something I'll never forget, was right at the end of the night when the the stadium was empty. And... Madge said, "Come on, boys, we're going. We're going out to sing the song." So we, everyone went out to the middle of the field, and Cole came out with us, and he he stood in the middle of the uh, he stood in the middle of the circle, and the boys sang the song out on the field. It was empty, mm. and I went up into the stands on the the western side and just got a, a photo of this empty stadium on my phone with the boys all in a huddle in the middle singing the song, and it just echoed throughout that whole stadium. And wow. geez, it was a special moment. Amazing. Yeah. Then we had to hot foot it back to the the juniors it was me and our two gi- digital yeah. blokes in my car and i said i've just got to be in front of the bus that's all i've got to be so i can drop them off so i've dropped them off out the front of the juniors because i wasn't getting a park yeah. i said you blokes in you go you go and capture everything at the juniors i drove home dropped my car got an yeah. uber back to the juniors yeah. <laughs> we're all here to celebrate yeah. it's a great story <laughs> privilege to hear that story like I, yeah i'd Hair yeah. standing on the end. Like, I think that's one of the, there. I think that's one of the best ones we've heard on the podcast yeah. so far, I mate. So is. that's. I think people are going to enjoy that. So my favourite moment as a South fan, if I can just go back to the back mm. of the track up a bit here, mate. But it was when they ran out. Like I was lucky enough to be in the Channel Nine box that day on the halfway line, and I'd never seen South run out the grand final before. Never missed a grand final from a little boy, mm. and just to see him run out. That's when I, oh, I don't know. That, that's my favourite. I know. Yeah. It, well, I, I knew we were going to win anyway. Yeah. But I, that moment of him running out, the roar of the crowd, and and then. Two minutes later, I remember starting to get the shits with Des Asler because he left Bulldogs in the dressing room an extra, what, yeah. five, six minutes. So the boys started warming up. Played into our hands, I tell you. I thought, we yeah. got him back last night, Des, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that played into our hands because our boys could go out there and soak up the atmosphere of 83,000 people. Yeah. It backfired, on not it? Well, it did. And, and all the build-up, they would have heard the bell. They would have seen Bob McCarthy there ringing the bell as uh, we ran out. Mm-hmm. And then the Bulldogs left us there to be able to calm ourselves down and get ready for kickoff. Mm, yeah. The Bulldogs had to run out with their eyes spinning, James mm. Graham, and look 
look what happened in that first tackle, but yeah, and yeah, both, I think it played into our hands. Both Mavo and I were in that corner when GI scored that try. <laughs> yeah, but I think the game was sealed then. But that just put the nail in the coffin. And yeah, everyone piled on him, and he done the goanna and was. Just amazing scenes. Yeah. And, yeah. and even uh, when they done the lap of honour, we spoke about it just before, and I was down on the fence and Sam came up to us and he, he said, well, watch me, watch me face Brownie and stuff like that. I've got a photo with my daughter. And just amazing, you know, yeah. and to be part of it. And, and know that we played a, a small role in, in that, you know, in that grand final play, yeah. playing for the... It was the one party. of the best days of my life. I know that. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And another one, Jez, in the lead up to it, there were so many things going on. My community had a big team photo down at Maroubra and we all got mm. our South jerseys on with, along with a, a, a minor sponsor of the Rabbitohs, Walsh's mm. Chemist up there at South mm. Maroubra. Shout yeah. out to the Walsh family. We had a, a open training session. I think it mm. might have been the Wednesday or something like that, leading yeah. up to it. I just remember walking to the ground, meeting a, a guy that flew out from England from the yeah. game, supported him all his life. It was the first time he'd ever you know, got to go out and watch him and me and my dad were walking to the ground yeah. and meeting people like that and... Five five thousand plus at a training session. Yeah. It's unheard of in yeah. Australian sport, you know. Mm. That that was a an amazing day. That it was absolutely. I think it actually think it was the Monday because the the way we timed the week was to try and get a lot of the promotional stuff out of the way that week. So that day we actually had our our big media session where we had about twelve players out there for an hour for the for the media to to pick over for the week. Then we did our team photo, our grand final team photo, and then we had the training session in the afternoon and. It's it's not often that the staff hear hear from Russell, um, because he deals mainly with the the CEO. He would have been dealing with Richo at the time, and mm. everything gets filtered through the CEO. But he knew what time it was on, and he sent me a text, and it just said, "Hey man, how, how's the crowd?" And I said, "Oh, it's absolutely pumping here." He said, "Can you send me a photo?" And so I took a photo of the the crowd, and I texted it through to him, and he said, "Wish I was there." Mm. And I just thought. Just like that's what that means to people. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Sorry to go off top topic nah, a bit, nah, but absolutely. it's really interesting with um, with people like Russell. Rugby league's the great leveler. So Russell's this superstar, this superstar movie star that's won Oscars. That that journalists and fans around the world would love the opportunity just to go up and shake his hand, and say hello. But he'll turn up to a return to Redfern trial match, and he'll sit up sit up the back where we do all the grand announcing and everything from and members and fans can come up and talk to him for 10 minutes and shake his hand and talk about South and he's happy to stand there and talk about South forever it's a great leveller because to South fans he's another South fan he's not the Oscar winner superstar it's and I think I think being part of South makes that even more so because it's such a community based club and I know you guys talk a lot about connecting the Rabbitohs community and I just think it's it's such a good thing to see someone like him being able to interact with with uh, fans and members the way that he does. It's, it's yeah, we're, fantastic. We're very lucky to have him, and he's he's one character, mm. and you would have worked with many of the characters uh, throughout your time with the Rabbitohs. Who are some of the great characters in terms of the players that you've worked with? Uh, in terms of the players, some of the gr- uh, the great blokes, I've got to say, the the captain coach of that that group is Jason Clark. What an absolute champion. He's just South Sydney to the bone. And I'm so glad he's doing so well over in Warrington mm. now because I knew it was very difficult for him and his family to move over there. But it was probably the right time for him to make that move with the age of his daughters to be able to go and do some travelling and, and all that sort of stuff as well and to continue his his uh, footy career. But um, he's, he's an absolute champion. 
probably the the number one character over time would be Adam Reynolds. Mm. He's just a rat bag. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a pest. No, but did you see the Instagram stuff we put up yesterday? Even yeah, getting the off goggles. the bus the with the goggles yeah. on, like, and there are there his daughter's goggles, obviously, because <laughs> my daughter's got the same ones. They were tiny on his head. So was that before <laughs> was the game, Jess? That was getting off the bus. Well, since, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I worked for him. He had a he had a blind. Yeah, up. he did. He played well. So yeah, um, yes. yeah it, it, but he's an absolute pest. But but I love him. He's just he's a champion. Isaac Luke was a great character as well. He was, I'm. Isaac had an unbelievable knack of pretending he was really dumb when he was really really smart, and I think it was to he used it to his advantage and that would get him out of doing media appearances or get him out of doing different things. And he he, but he was just a funny bugger. And he was a lot of the boys used to call him Kid Brain. Because his brain was dead set that of a kid. Like he was just, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, he was a kid brain. But uh, I heard you saying that last week on the top four that he was one of your favourite players. Yeah, and, and you used to love announcing his name. Oh yeah. Can you just do that for us now and take I, us back? I don't want to break your microphone. <laughs> no, nah, go for it. That's all right. I'll, I'll move it out a bit. But uh, yeah, we used to say we'll we'll do it for Walsh's Village Pharmacy. We mentioned them before. So uh, yeah. Uh, Proudly brought to you by Walsh's Village Pharmacy. Number nine, Isaac Luke. That's how we used to do it. Was no, man, we, we used to get little videos sent into the club of kids doing the same thing, and yeah, it was good. It was good when he le- when he left. Uh, after his last game, he came up to me in the sheds and he gave me a hug and he said, are you coming to the Warriors with me? I need someone to say my name. <laughs> so we'll also get the other one I wanted you to do, and I've spoken to you about yeah. this. We want to get you to give us, because we're playing the Roosters this week, and if you go to the game, this is what you'll hear at the start of the game, the yeah. famous yeah, intro by do, Jeremy Moynihan. Here you go. So it goes, uh, it goes, Okay, Rabbitohs members and Rabbitohs supporters, it's time to get on your feet. Wave your flag, show the colours, stamp your feet, scream your lungs out. Here they come, your South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yes. Genius. Goosebumps. I can't wait to do that. That, we, that could be the intro for the show for the rest <laughs> of the year. <laughs> We've got a new intro. Plus <laughs> yeah. the other one. Mate, so, just, yeah. just going back to Reno uh, and about his character, yeah. there was a period of time there where Instagram, um, last year and maybe the year before, he was getting the players all the time, wasn't yeah. he? He's just one of them. Poor Kurt Dillon. Get, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just getting everyone at the wrong time, and they, yeah, they'd look up and the next minute, doing. Renos. Oh, he doesn't stop. You know, it was funny. I was um, obviously there's the talk about his contract at the moment. I'm sure everything will get sorted out in the end. But we had Jai Arrow up for media the other day, and Jai has become a bit of a target for Reno. And <laughs> Jai was waiting with me to talk to the journalist. He's gone. What can I stir up? What can I say here? And I said, yeah. I don't know, mate. What do you want to say? He goes, You know what? I'm going to say. Geez, I'm glad they're getting rid of Reno. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a pest. I've only been here four months. He's made my life a misery. <laughs> I love it. I love the banter between the boys. It's oh, so good to see. He's been driving a man. Yeah, yeah. So one, one of Reno's great targets is all of our mate uh, Mark Ellison. 
They, he's one of his favourite targets too. He'll constantly give it <laughs> give it to Elo. It's very funny the <laughs> when you see them together. I yeah, mean, the well, I think he might have got chaps a couple of times too in yeah, the uh, yeah. press conference. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Chucky he calls him. Yeah. <laughs> g'day, Aaron. I was shut the rabbit over the road. He goes, "G'day, Chucky." <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned Joy Arrow. What are yep. your thoughts on the 2021 South Sydney Rabbitohs? I think we're a very well-rounded squad. Um, I think we've we've had a few teething problems over the first couple of games. I think uh, the performance in the Charity Shield might have given us a bit of a false sense of security at, mm-hmm. yep. at first, but I think in any squad where you're going to bring in four or five new players and significant players, it's not like they're players numbers 27 to 30 in your squad like these guys that are going to be in your top 17 there's probably going to be a bit of time where they've got to get used to how we all play and Wayne Wayne said something similar during the week about Josh Mansour and also Jacob Host about the decisions he made with the team last week that they just haven't played enough with us but that comes with time but I think we've got a very very good squad on our hands and I think it's like most teams if you can keep your best squad on the park for a majority of the year you're going to have a successful year but I think we've got the squad that can can take it a step further than what we have the last few years but as I say we've just got to keep them on the park like you said Jez we've got depth there now haven't we to cover positions there's competition for those spots just proved last night uh, when Renault went down didn't come back on the field and We've got a, a player that's played over 300 games just filling, filling well, his position. Sp- speaking of Benji, he says to me, because uh, obviously the media love him and because he's been around so long and he's such a superstar of the game and there's there's been calls recently to make him the first New Zealand immortal. And uh, the first game of the season, Channel 9 wanted to interview him before the game and he says to me, they know I'm number 30 in the squad list, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm number 30. I said, yeah, but you, they also know you're Benji Marshall. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good to have a player of his quality at number 30. I yeah. Yeah. Well, normally when normally when Renault goes down, we're all sort of oh, scratching yeah. our heads. And I'm like, oh, we got Benji, that's right. What, what about his flick pass last night? Yeah, yes. unbelievable. Oh, sensational. Amazing wasn't? skill. Just, just his foot was, speed just yeah. before that. Just We need someone in that, that... Everyone had their heads down, hands on hips, and he just, just needed someone to yep. just... Getting in that second level, you know what I mean? Mm. Get past that first wave of defence. And last week, he came on and played a different role. Yeah. So he sort of like played a link man, where yeah. last night he come on and he had to do the organising yeah. and steady the ship. So, mm. look, that, and that's why, obviously, Wayne's seen the value in him. Yeah. And um, we're glad to have him. It was yeah. funny, it's funny, though, in the post-match press conference, the, the question was, oh, how did you feel going into the halves, you know? And he said, oh, well, I've been training in the role, but... That's a silly question. How does he feel going into the halves? Yeah. Benji Marshall? <laughs> yeah. He just went out there and played like Benji Marshall plays. Kicking yeah. cool as a cucumber, kicking to the corners, yep. defending well. Just calming Broke the game wide open. So, yep. yeah. He, I thought that was so effective last week, him going as that link man both sides of the ruck because what it meant was Damien Cook didn't have to make decisions. Mm. He knew he just had to find Benji. Yep. Then it pushed our halves one pass wider. That's right. Exactly. Got to Which, the edges quicker. Big time, and, and, and that's where we have. A and lot was of putting the defence in two minds, and then you've got Latrell that likes to play the left side the way Greg used to. You got Jaden Sura on the other side, mm. just Campbell Gray. Oh, just oh, and, yeah. and I, know, I know we scored a couple of tries down the edges last night, but it probably wasn't the game to go to the edges. That's right. Even though we did score a couple of tries, yeah. I think we only went there twice and we scored twice. Yeah. But usually we play that role where we score a lot of tries down the edges, but yeah. last night was a middle game. So well, that was, That's what makes his flick pass even more special, the conditions that, that was thrown in last night. Exactly. Just, yeah. It was played yes. in the middle third most of it, and we, yeah. sort of, mm. we sort of had to keep that game right down Main Street, and I, th- I thought we got right over the top of it. 
there's plenty of plenty of big performers. But what about injuries, mate? How are we looking there? How did they pull up the boys? Yeah, p- uh, pretty good. There are a couple of head knocks which mm. reduced our our bench, but they'll have to go through the protocols through the week, Jackson and, and Renault. But I'm sure they'll be okay. Wayne seemed to think they'd be okay after the game last night. So we're looking pretty good. There's a couple of long termers that I don't think are too far away. Guys like Braden Burns and Tony Milne and these oh, sorts of guys yeah. that'll mm. put more pressure on the guys playing up in first yeah. grade. So and, yeah, and young Taffy is probably about. Four weeks yeah, away. he's pro- yeah probably got another four yeah. four weeks away. So it'll be exciting to see him play. He's been training at fullback for most of the preseason. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be inter- interesting to see how he goes at New South Wales Cup level in in that mm-hmm. position. And again, there's another guy that if we get injuries to any mm-hmm. of our halves, that can move into into the halves as well. Yeah. So well, if Latrell plays Origin, then I think maybe Taffy could be a, a candidate to come into the yeah. squad for that. So, yeah. What about Junior, mate? He only played limited minutes last night. Have you got any info there? What no, I don't. I'm not for? sure what, what that was about, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Because what happened then is the go- our, our man, the GOAT, who we've had on the show, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and have a listen. Terrific guy. Yeah. Mark Nichols. Yeah. He played big minutes and... Big chat, minutes. How impressive was he? Yeah. I said to him after the game, I said, you'll have a good sleep tonight, mate. <laughs> he, was, he was telling me, Wayne said to him, look, we'll put you on in the second half, get five more minutes out, we'll bring you off. <laughs> Yeah. He brought he brought him off twenty five minutes into the second half. He had a three minute break and went back on. <laughs> well, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. If a guy's killing it like that, yep. and don't pull him off just for the sake of pulling nah, him off. Let, let, let well. it let it ride. He's playing very like well. The, like the podcast. <laughs> if you're having fun, just let it go. Just like this it. interview. It's a great interview. <laughs> it's so. a great interview. So, mate, what does Jeremy Monaghan do in his spare time when he's not fulfilling all these roles at yep. the Rabbitohs? So, first of all, I'm a dad. Um, try and spend as much time as I can with with my daughter Kira she's five years old now she just started school she's just started playing soccer she does ballet tap dancing (laughs) jazz dancing hip-hop dancing she's got swimming lessons Um, so we're very lucky that uh, that my mum can help out with all of that sort of stuff because uh, the demands for me and my partner with her work as well it's very hard to, <laughs> to keep up with the five-year-old, but um, yeah, so that's number one priority for me outside of uh, footy. Um, I'm also a bit of a bit of a geek, so love my Star Wars, oh, yeah. L- love Lego, mm. love footy cards, yeah. For, yeah. love looking at the stats of the history of the game and all that sort of stuff. Speaking so. of footy cards, you got Mavo's one, which is signed. Yes, and I should have brought my other, my Brown, David, oh. my, my Darren Brown one in. Should have, yeah. should have brought it in. I could have got <laughs> it signed. How much? Two, five bucks, Brownie. Five. We could have put that on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Mavo's one valued at twenty nine dollars oh nine. We're going to get that up. We'll at get the, that up. At the moment, it is. The yeah. while we talk about it, that's it's just it. Gonna... That's it. I'm looking at Tom Brady numbers. <laughs> I said that on the top four. That's it, mate. This mate. is our retirement, Mavo. This card <laughs> today, South Sydney. Tomorrow, the world. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Sort of a lot. I don't get a lot of spare time in, in footy season because obviously dealing with the media, you, you're going from six in the morning through to whatever time NRL 360 and everything finishes at, at night. You've got to be able to monitor all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty pretty full on during footy season, but. In the off season, I do a bit of work in cricket as well. Do do some work with the Sydney Thunder in the BBL, doing some grand announcing a little bit with the Sydney Sixers if they need someone to fill in. And and this year, I actually got to um, grand announce at the Sydney Test match, which was Unreal. amazing. It was an yeah. absolute mm-hmm. highlight just to be part of a just a iconic game like that. It was. It was was that the is that the New Year's Day one or yeah, the New Year's Test? So I got yeah. to shift back a little bit 
this year. I think yep. it started on the sixth or the seventh of December yeah. and went the full five days, and they were long and days. That's a, and that, that's involved the Jane McGrath. Yes, yeah. the Jane McGrath day. That yep. that was phenomenal. So they were looking to raise the pink a, test. Yes. Yeah, the pink test. They were looking to raise a million dollars this year, and we'd done that on the at the start of the second day. Oh, well done. Oh, nice. At the yeah. test, well. so I think they raised over three million dollars. Um, well done. Yeah, they did. They did a great thing called selling virtual pink seats, so you could go on and make a twenty dollar donation because of COVID. They couldn't fill the stadium. So you could still go and buy a seat oh, wow. and it would produce a little graphic for you with a pink seat and your name on it and you could put it on social media. And, great marketing. And stuff like that. Yeah, it was a great yeah. idea. So they raised plenty of money out of that and it was just, just amazing to be a, a part of it all and being there for the anthem ceremonies and all the work that goes into it behind the scenes. Like We had a half-day rehearsal day beforehand where they got the anthem singers in and everything, so everything ran smoothly on the day and yeah, it was yeah. great to be a part of. I've got some great memories of the SCG as well, but... <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> um, so, mate, before we let you go... We all yeah. have, mate. <laughs> before we let you go, we're on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network now, and your show is the Top 4 Podcast. Just yeah. tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we thought we wanted to do something a little bit different with the Top 4 Podcasts, because what I've found with a lot of rugby league podcasts is they're very time-sensitive, so they're all about... Uh, like, if you listen to the ones, the, the Fox Sports ones or the Daily Telegraph ones or anything like that, if you don't listen to it straight away, it's out of date. Like mm-hmm. I've talked to the guys at the Telegraph about their one. It comes out at about three o'clock on a Thursday, and so much of their show they're talking about the Thursday night game. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to it in the first four hours, it's mm. it's a bit it's redundant. So what we wanted to try and do, which which you guys do a lot of as well, with you remembering a rabbit and all that, is create evergreen content. And yep. the way we thought about that was. If we get Ello and Shannon involved, who are both funny buggers, it's very <laughs> easy to laugh with those boys, <laughs> is try and tell some entertaining stories about their their careers by creating topics where they can nominate the top four of something. So it might be their top four players they've played with or the top four stadiums they've played at or top four memories from 2014 Grand Final Day or anything top, like that. Top six if it's Ello. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah Ello, Ello blew it out to 15 or something yeah. the other day. But uh, I don't mind that either. And nah, we thought nah. if we go off on tangents, that that's fine. Mm. Uh, we thought it was a good chance to help plug some of our sponsors as well. It was a, a sponsorship property that we didn't have on board with us that we could sell. So what if? That, it's Aussie for travel. Exactly right. What if have come on board and, and what a great company to have on board. They're, uh, they're all part of the Expedia group, which are global and what a great company to have involved and they're involved at all levels with our club from the pathways through to the travel stuff and on Rabbitohs Plus and, and all different the podcasts and all different parts of it but we wanted to try and create that evergreen content that if you missed it for two months you could come back and still listen to it and still have a laugh and we figure it's probably complements what you guys do so you guys talk a lot more footy whereas of the current stuff whereas we try and leave it alone because mm. you guys cover that sort of stuff. There's no point in both of us doing it. So what the way we sort of thought of it was is on the way out to Stadium Australia for a game, they can listen to you boys and listen to your preview of the game and all that sort of stuff and remembering a rabbito and all the news of the week and all that sort of stuff. And then on the way home, they can have a laugh with us. There you go. So we try and keep the show to about an, about an hour, which can be generally the trip to ANZ Stadium and... Yep. You boys on the way out and us on the way home. Especially yeah. if they're sitting in P1 car park or something, they can yeah. put it on and have yeah. a listen. Mate, so. it's unreal. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And Mavo and uh, and Chaps, we all listen to it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I said on the show the other day, 
because we played with Ello and Shannon and all the mm. stories they tell, and obviously you've been a supporter through them mm. eras as well, we can relate to a lot of the stories. Yeah. Like just before, the hairs stand up yeah. on, on my arm when, when you tell them stories. It yeah. just brings back so many great memories. Yeah, no, it's it's good fun. I and love it. We recorded early in the morning on a Wednesday, and I was worried that we'd be a bit half asleep when we were doing it, but when you got those two cracking jokes constantly, <laughs> it's yeah. very, very easy to get up for it. Yeah. And we're trying to bring in a guest every now and then, so we've got the great John Sutton on this week. Oh, so yep. we'll talk about the top four of John Sutton and then get his opinions on the top four of, of the topic that we've got for the week. And, I can't wait for Wednesday. Um, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a good bit of fun. So, um, yeah, looking forward well, to it. Can't wait to listen to that one. Though. Yeah, great, great. The 300 game of John Sutton, but look, we, we could talk about the Rabbitohs all day, every day. Mm. It wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter what time of the day is. I could rattle off a half an hour conversation about the mighty Rabbits, but we better wrap it up here. Thanks for joining us here on Rabbitohs Radio. Not podcast, a problem, Jeremy. boys. You're doing a fantastic job with the podcast. It's great to have us all working on the the podcast network, and great to have all the Rabbitohs Radio listeners coming across to the new. Uh, podcast network with their subscriptions and, and listening to, to all of the shows so I hope they're enjoying it and feel free to send your feedback listeners out there if you've got any suggestions for, for our top four podcast or for these guys we want to hear the feedback so it'd be great Good stuff Jez, yeah. thanks mate thanks, Legend Jez. mate Oh boys, what about that You know, like a bloke in that position telling us those exclusive stories um, and it just brings you back to what you were doing at some of those moments you know, the the Challenge Cup and when we won 39-0 and the NRL Grand Final stories he told, that was just spine-tingling stuff. I'm privileged to listen to it, to be honest. What a legend. Yeah, he's a great bloke, uh, Jezza, and you've always wanted to get him on, chaps, and yeah. um, he hasn't disappointed. You know, some of the stories and the characters that he's worked with. And what about the, the voice on him? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Isaac Luke. <laughs> Iconic. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of us that are listening to that, we've heard that for years. And to put a face to the to the voice and, you know, we're going to share some of that stuff. And I've actually forgot to ask him before he left, but I'm, I'm going to text him now if he's got that video that he shot in the tunnel. And I don't remember seeing that. So I was going to tell him to get his phone out now and, that, yeah. and, um, and airdrop it straight to us because we want to share that. We want that. Mm. I mean, he's only shared some of the stories and, you know, he's probably got no. so many more. Yeah. But just a great fella and... Thank you, Jez, for coming on, mate. And maybe the photo that he shared to Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe wanted to just see the, the crowd. <laughs> it was a great interview. I, I really enjoyed that. What a job. Dream job. Yep. Rabbitohs Radio is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, NG Farrow Real Estate, and the Juniors Group of Clubs. This is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Now, this week we picked up our South gear, our black polos and black hoodies. And how good are the black hoodies, Jabs? Oh, they're unreal. I love them. I'm wearing one right now, actually, boys, as you can see here in studio, deep in um, the juniors group of clubs at Kingsford. You love it, don't you, Jabs? Oh, I love it. Um, I, I recommend anyone get down to uh, down to Heffron, down the tennis centre down Heffron on Bunnerong Road. Get down to the Rabbitohs Merchandise Store uh, and buy up big because they've just, just stocked it back up again, the shelves. The, the gold polos are in there. Get Get in there. That's all I can say. And last night you had it on and, and Brendan saw you with the black one on. He had his green and red one on and he said, oh, I've got to get the black one. So we're going to take a photo of Chaps in his hoodie and we're going to share it on the episode webpage. So if you want to see our man Chaps from Rabbitohs Radio modelling the Rabbitohs gear, scroll down now. He's got a rough head, that bloke.
Good head for radio. We might get <laughs> we might get you in a bit of a side on profile so we can see that little mullet you're sporting too. Cause yeah, we've got a mullet at the moment. A little bit bit of a mullet. Something to comb. Some people grow vegetables. I grow mullets, boys. Look like you should be supporting AFL. Rugby <laughs> <laughs> uh, league. Anyway, uh, some further Rabbitohs news. The spotlight on the pathways. They've all been cancelled this week, boys. We had some big clashes coming up against the Bulldogs, especially in the SG ball. That was 1v2. They've been postponed to a later date, and we'll keep you updated when that game is scheduled to play. So unfortunately, I wrote a little article about players to watch in all those games. So if you read that, just copy and paste that to this week, Brownie, when they run out on the weekend. Yeah, pending weather. They'll be playing this week. Now the... Harold Matson, the SG Ball, will be playing at Redfern Oval uh, on Saturday. The Mats will be playing the Central Coast Roosters and the SG Ball will be playing the Melbourne Thunderbolts. you know anything about them, chaps? I think they're doing all right. They're about mid-table. They're not a bad side, the Melbourne Thunderbolts. Well, they'd have a good system put in place for them young blokes. They need to because obviously they haven't got a big junior base down there, so they yeah. have to have some yeah, it's good take, systems put in place. Taking all the players from Brisbane and the far north coast and for, yeah. for themselves. No, a lot of Kiwis, um, you know, Maoris and stuff like that live in Melbourne. They really um, get behind that, that system down there. Yeah, now the New South Wales Cup will be playing North Sydney and that'll be out at ANZ when we're out there taking on the Roosters. Now that'll be pending weather as well. There's a bit of rain to be... Uh, it's going to rain all week, isn't it? So well, it's supposed to be, yeah. So can't be as bad as yesterday, but surely you wouldn't think. But anyway, well, I think it clears up a bit later in the week. But yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll see. The Jersey flag will be playing at Redfern Oval on the Sunday. They'll be playing North Sydney with a time to be confirmed. So yep. that's all the pathways news uh, coming up next week. I think Redfern Oval's been renamed Ironmark Stadium, a new sponsor that's come on board. So welcome to those guys there, and they're I know they're pumped to be involved with the yeah. mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems. Maver? I had a call from Brad Ryder during the week, and last week on the show I mentioned that I got married in the Holy Trinity Church next door to the Juniors Kingsford here. And as it turns out, Brad's mum and dad, Kevin and Valerie, were married there in July 1952. So, what a small world. Small world, you know. Yeah, so, and he only lived just across the road, and his brother was the third grade captain at the Rabbitoh, so we He's been a Rabbitoh his whole life, lived in the area, Brad, and, and he's a big supporter of the show. So, remembering a Rabbitoh, with thanks to Brad Ryder. And this week, the Huntsman chaps. Yep, this week it's the Huntsman. Paul McNicholas, Rabbitoh player number 891. Born on the 26th of May, 1975. Now, he played all his junior footy for Kenzo United in the South Junior System, along with... Um, one of the other hosts of the Rabbitohs Podcast Network on the Top 4 show, Shannon Donato, which he also credited with being one of the best players he ever played with. And we debuted for the Rabbitohs in Round 1, 1996 against Manly at Brookvale Oval, where they were touched up the Rabbits, 44-6. And a little side note, Beaver Menzies scored four tries. Oh, Try scoring freak, Beaver Menzies. I bet your Cliff Lyons would have played. But this is not about them grubs, Manly. This is about the Rabbits. This is about our own... Legend Paul McNicholas. He was with the Rabbitohs right through to 1999, where he was lucky enough to play in the final game where we were against Parramatta, where we were unjustly booted out of the competition. Now, a funny story about that game. A huntsman told me in an interview a few years back that he's still he's a starting second row and he's on the sidelines in the second half, and then centre Peter Clark went down with injury only a few metres from the sideline, and Tucker goes. 
Peter Clark rolled off the field. He never stood up. He just rolled <laughs> off the field and Tucker said, get on there. He goes, where am I playing? He goes, on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, then he's marked up against Eric Grove Jr. for the next uh, 20 or 30 minutes. He said, I ran down there like I was a, you know, a great winger. And I've, <laughs> <laughs> What about the, the old winger in off the tap? Winger in. Yeah. Oh, mate. They should have done a crossfield kick to him. No one would have outlooped the Huntsman. <laughs> no. Now, he never wanted to leave the club. And he ended up going over to the Cronulla Sharks once we were booted out of the competition for two years. But then he had the opportunity to come back uh, on readmission. Now, he played in that very first game in 2002 against the Evil Empire. And a bit of trivia, he was the only player to play in the final game in 99 and the only player to play in 02 from that both from those um, two teams, boys. So pretty uh, pretty special. I know he really sort of spoke proudly about that. He, he, it was close to his heart. Oh, well done. Now, our first win on readmission was round two the following week against the Raiders down there in the nation's capital and there was a famous fight between him and Ruben Wickey and I'll tell you what I think he got the better of Ruben too well just a little story on the Huntsman about his boxing career and I could probably back that up I'd probably ended up like a little bit of Ruben Wickey there was a charity boxing event I think it was Rabbitohs v the Roosters it was held up here at the Juniors and we're training for it and I actually sparred the Huntsman <laughs> now I went home and my missus said to me, it looks like you've gone 10 rounds with Muhammad Ali. His reach was that long that I couldn't get hold of him, and he just punched my head off. Your head was all puffed up. I oh. thought I went all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the long reach. Just the long the long arms. They, yeah. They're coming from a long way back. Well, and know. you know what? My missus threw the towel in the ring for me. <laughs> that was it. I've run out of ribbon wikis at work. I've had, I've had, I've had too many sickies, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've been caught on TV after a few yeah, ribbon wikis. But anyway, yeah, anyway, uh, so I know what uh, ribbon wiki felt like when the Huntsman punched his head off. And then anyway, the Huntsman played one more year in the NRL with the Cowboys way up north. Then he had an opportunity to pop over and played two pretty good seasons over the Hull FC. In the end, he played 115 first-class games, three internationals to Ireland. What a champion! Yeah, he's a great man, the Huntsman, and he's still giving back to rugby league today. And here's what he had to say about that. What's um, Paul McNicholas up to these days, mate? Mate, I'm the South Development Officer. So I, um, I work for the NRL. I, I go around schools. I run, I run different programs. Um, I'm trying to, trying to grow junior league, to be honest with you. And um, that, that, that's, that's my aim. You know, like I, I'm passionate about getting the junior league um, People off their computers, kids sorry, yeah. kids off their computers and mobiles, come out and play a game, and um, and I tell you, it's the best game. You know, it, in my opinion, it's the best game in the world. You make friends, you know, you you you, you make friends for life, and and the camaraderie that you make when you play, when you go into battle against another side, and and you come out on top, it's one of the best feelings you can ever have. You know, it, it, it's great and. Yeah, you know, my wishes for, for for the junior league in the South Sydney district to to grow and get a lot a lot bigger than, than what it is at the moment. Yeah, he's a great man, the Huntsman. Now I did an interview with him a few years ago. It was a it was a reunion for the um, '99 um, season, boys. So we might put that on the YouTube channel, Mavo. That whole interview was actually some pretty gold stuff in there. Yeah, well, back in the day. We only just started out, and I listened to that audio back in the day, and and we didn't use it. And then when I told Paul, he was a little bit disappointed, and now that I've worked out how to enhance audio a bit better, the actual interview is quite good. So we're going to share that as standalone content, 
and it's a great interview. So we'll share a link to that on the episode webpage. But we might even get him in the studio one. We've got to get him back on because we did do that interview with our little handheld recorder, and the audio was was it wasn't perfect, but it was still a great chat, chaps. And you know, in our early days, so we will get him back to tell his story. But I, I did like what he said about playing for Kenzo and that Shannon Donato was one of the best players he's ever played with. So, you know, Shannon Donato from the Top 4 Podcast tries to talk himself down, but not in the Huntsman's eyes. Uh, he was a good player, mate. Shannon, let me tell you. There you go. And also, just quickly, we mentioned Lauriston United last week because the great Ernie Hamilton played for him, and initially no one had heard about him. So I've been putting together an article this week. I've spoken to a few people, and a couple of guys that come forward, their dads were actually in that photo and played with the great Ernie Hamilton. Michael Cross and Bill Annesley have been talking to me. And also our good mate Tim McGrath. His dad grew up in Lauriston Park Estate. Block. Block. And they called it Fly Flats. Now, I'm writing this article, and it hasn't actually finished yet. It's quite a big project, and hopefully I'll get that out this week. But it's an interesting story because it's like this lost city, a forgotten city. Mm. But it's got this rich history of Australian culture and, and rugby league in the South Sydney Junior Rugby League District. Well, it just sort of turned into a big industrial area plus the airport, you know, like... Yeah. That's what yeah. the airport sort of lost its original name. It should have been called Larrison Airport. Yes. And one of the bits I found doing the research is they used to have the Rabbitoh guy coming around. Rabbitohs, Rabbitohs. And you know, come out and have a bit of Welsh rabbit for tea. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Now, Mavo, you got a little bit of info on NG Farrow? While doing the research for this story on Lauriston Park Estate, I was looking at some of the old streets at the airport. One of them's called Ken Smith Avenue. Oh, wow. Eh? So, yeah. Connecti- Char- Charlie, Smith. Charlie Smith, great friend of the show, Malabar, NG Farrow manager, and yeah, connecting the Rabbitohs community yet again. Yes, definitely. Good man, Charlie. On the Rugby League Guru podcast this week, there was a bit of a discussion in regards to the immortal debate. Now, my good mate, uh, Brad Fittler, who we've had on the show, came up uh, as a suggestion, as an immortal. But what about all the mighty Rabbitoh players, boys, that hasn't even been mentioned for discussion? What about Ernie Hammond last week? Yep. Remembering Rabbitoh. But there could be at least half a dozen that are as deserving as anyone on that list. There's 13 immortals. Only one of them is from South, the great Clive Churchill. And look, Nath from the Rugby League Guru, he's a global ambassador, a local ambassador for us, and we and we like to promote his podcast, and he does the same for us. But he made some good points about Freddie. You know, Freddie is one of the greatest of all time. There's no debating that. Oh, no. You know, like he's talking about, you could play him anywhere. He's defence in the halves. And he got the better of Joey Johns on more than a lot of occasions. And, mm. you know, he could just do anything. So, look, I, I can agree that Freddie deserved to be there. But I'm just saying, this club has won 21 premierships. And, for instance, Ernie Hamilton won five competitions. Now, they've just made Mal Meninga a, a mortal. Mm. What did he win? One or two? Yeah. So, you know. Oh, look at those teams of the 20s. We had 20s and 30s. Isn't mm. There's a couple of players played in seven straight grand finals. So, I think there's a bias towards the modern player and that's fair enough because no one remembers what people did in the 20s and the 50s but that's why we're here to tell you about them on, on Remembering, Remembering a Rabbitoh <laughs> and boys just in NRL news um, the Panthers they've started they haven't played the best teams they've played the Cowboys and the Bulldogs but they haven't conceded a try boys 
Yeah, believe, they've got a clean sheet. I believe it's the first team in aerial history not to concede a try over the first two rounds. So, anyway, they've started off like a bull out of a gate, but that's all right. We'll mm. see how they go on at the back end of the year. And they talked about how young Nathan's had a head knock and they spoke to his dad and they might be given that kid that they won't release to start next week. Matt Burton? Mm. He had a whale of a game reserve grade. Mm. So yeah. that'd be interesting to see yeah, how he... He had a big game. Yeah. Burton. I mean, uh, to, to be fair... The Panthers, they haven't really played anyone nah. spectacular. I mean, we've played Melbourne and in Manly. And Melbourne in Melbourne. And Manly yeah. in Manly. And Manly, so we haven't had a home game yet. Mm. Yeah, the Bull, you know, 28-0 against the Bulldogs yesterday. The Panthers, I mean, they look good, but the Bulldogs, you know. The Bulldogs got no points in them, but they, they try their hearts out. They probably, tackle all day and they try their hearts out, but that Luai, uh, the, the halfback, wow, he just mesmerised me. And, and that kick out the back so mm. they're probably in the bottom one of the competition I reckon the Bulldogs <laughs> wooden spoon. you like them for the wooden spoon yeah definitely doggies yeah they just offer nothing for me well, especially mm. after the Dragons had a win last night the Cowboys are going to be in discussion for the wooden yeah. spoon I think as well but can, mm. the Cowboys compete you know they were in the game last night um, yeah. and when you go up was it at North Queensland last yeah, night it was up yeah, there, yeah. and they yeah. had a key they had a key injury during the week the Cowboys brownie yeah Jason Tomaloma <laughs> <laughs> He's butchered it again, listeners. Okay, boys, we're going to preview that clash against the evil empire, the mob we hate. We can't cop them, this mob. Up top there at ANZ Stadium, Friday night, 8.05. And, I mean, hopefully it goes a little bit like last year, boys. Six-hitter, <laughs> six-hitter eight. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Just so you know, we're recording Sunday morning. And the Roosters haven't actually played a game yet, so they might have some injuries and suspensions out of the game. We don't know if um, Sue is going to miss the game through suspension. The NRL hasn't um, put those charge sheets out yet from last night. And maybe a couple of concerns with Reno and Jackson Paulo with head knocks yeah, as so, well. So Mansour might be primed for a return. Mm. And then as Sue goes, maybe Jacob Host could get a recall. But All the other we'll options, um, Tautau Moga coming in too. He can play... Both sides of the field, wing, centre. I've seen he was listed as in the top 19, so he lasted. So he's ready to go. He's just waiting for an opportunity. He's played 70-odd first-grade games over a 10-year career. He's been plagued by injury, but he looks in pretty good nick to me. So it's going to be a big game. It's going to be an emotional night. We're going to go out there and win it for Michael Cheney. So if you're at the game and you're a member, come up and see us. It's our debut hosting the post-match function. and It'll be Chaps' debut down in the press conference. So it's going to be a big night. Yeah, I just hope we get a dry track. Uh, I know there's a lot of rain predicted throughout the week. I think that type of game really deserves a, a good surface. Well, a blockbuster. I don't want to predict the weather, like we do predict the, the game score here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, but I reckon it looks like a pretty dry track looking at some of the weather forecasts that I always look at because I'm out surfer, obviously, always looking at the weather. I reckon we could have a... Pretty dry day there, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so it, it might sort of play into our hands. That'll um, be good. Yeah. Mm. Try and hit those edges as um, early and often as we can to try and rack up a big score like last time. But um, if there's anything more on the game, boys, I might get your predictions. All right. Well, I tipped South to win 24-0 last night. They won 26-12, to 12, so close enough anyway. So I'm going to go 24-12. <laughs> I don't think we're going to put 60 on them, but... I'll be happy if we go out there and score four converted tries to there too. Well, I, I think a dry track, it's going to be a close game to me. I think we both play a similar brand of footy. If we can hold the ball, 
complete well. I think it'll be a tight game and, uh, you know, I'd say we'll win by an odd number, I'm going to say. An odd number. I think Renault will play and he will be instrumental in our win and he'll kick a field goal. So I can't tell you what the score's going to be, but I reckon we'll score by an odd number. Okay, there so you we're go. we're playing roulette. <laughs> Man, tossed, tossed it out there, but no, I think we'll win pretty comfortably, boys. Uh, I think there's some scars that are, are deep in the minds of those Roosters players that will last for a long time, and I reckon we'll get them by three or four tries minimum on Friday night, boys. So 13 plus for you. Me, 1 to 12, and you, odd number. An odd number. All right, boys, it's been a big show. Take us away, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If... It's Aussie for travel.